Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready to awaken to the truth of your soul? Welcome to today's episode of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show with your host, Nadia Khalil. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to today's show. Today is Friday, my favorite day of the week. Also, it is smack dab in the middle of the month. It is the 15th of March already. We are on our way to warmer, and um, I think we are going to be warmer here. We've been under 70 degrees for like a month and a half. I think we broke it this week. We made it up to 70, but it's been a lot cooler than normal, and I kind of love that we had a winter. California, for the first time in 10 years, is no longer in a drought situation. And we still have more rain to come next week. So just imagine um, we're going to be in a surplus of water. And I hope in this time, while we have water, that we figure out ways to harness water and to um, my work for this work. And we're going to use some of it on social media. And we're actually going to film a webinar a full webinar, and I always did that by myself, and I always felt so anticlimactic because I didn't know what to do. Do I charge, don't I? I'm starving. How do I deal with this? But I want to do this work and all these things, and now I don't have to do is talk about this, and that's all I want to do. Anything else at this point, 17 years later, I know what I'm attracted to in in this world, and it's not definitely not um, the business side because you can only do so much, and that's a full time job, and this is a full time job, and it goes on and on. So um, taping these tapings that we're going to do, and and I said, you know, and I said how because in my mind, all I could think of is those physical healings. And when I was a kid in the 70s, on TV, because that's the only way I would have seen it and remembered it, they would have someone in a wheelchair, someone else puts their hand on their head, and then they get up and walk. And, you know, that's been deemed fake. But at the time, they were selling it. It was getting TV time. And I go, oh, no, Christ, no way. I am not going to be one of those people. Please tell me I will not have to do that because at this point I'm all in with Christ says, but everything he said was nothing I thought. I used to have immediate thoughts of what we've been taught, but past that, I didn't have any thoughts about anything. And then he brings stuff up and that's all I've got to go on. So I go to that and he says to me, that truth heals, that every single time we do a show or we talk about something and we get to the truth, we actually heal. Even if we don't like the end, we know the truth because the truth gives us our next step. Until we know the truth, we can't go further. We can't complete our thoughts. It's like we're in the middle all the time. Remember there's, there was a song called Stuck in the Middle with You? I remember that song. I used to love that song. But now I know what it means even more. 
because and now I know why he said to me all you have to do or will do without even thinking about it is talk about it and there's places I cannot talk about this enough and there's places I'm at that I don't talk about it at all at all there's times I do speaking engagements and nobody even knows I saw Christ but that group didn't need to know they just needed to start somewhere before they will know it's been such an interesting journey because it's leading me I am not leading this journey once it came time to transfer transition from what I'm doing now to talking to more people and people would say to me why don't people know you or yet or and I said I don't know where I need to be and it was scary as heck and I have to tell you more than once probably a good 10 times like real 10 times where I really believed I would be homeless to the point where I had a discussion with my son one day because my daughter was away at college and said to him, you may have to go and live with dad. I cannot afford to take care of us anymore and do this work. And before I go to bed, I would say to God, but if I'm homeless, how am I going to plug my computer in and write? But it forced me to learn to ask for help. It forced me to realize that I was doing something I was willing to be homeless for and with. We want to. And that's just the question only you can answer. And sometimes people don't want to hear that because they want someone else to fix it. And someone else can only guide you. And I'm a great guide. And I will guide you. And that I know because I, I did it with my kids. They were my Petri dishes. But I had challenges with certain disabilities. With They're not actually their abilities, but I turned it into an ability because I did not want a human being to be left on this earth uncared for by themselves. So I had to teach somebody who didn't understand concept how to care for themselves. So it's much easier to teach someone who does have concept. And that's how that that works. But I got this question from Maureen Cook as a result of one of the shows we did. And she said, so Nadia, Would it be safe to say that for some reason, some part of God decided to experience what it would be like to not remember God or home? Is that why earth was created? I read an overview of the book called A Course in Miracles, and it said God did not create this earth. I believe some part of God did because everything is from God. Also, I feel a lot of people think that God created this earth, then man, 
But I wonder now, maybe the first physical beings lived on a different planet, and who knows, maybe they created us and this planet because of free will. Like maybe we are the result of God letting other beings use their free will. I know, I know, this is not part of your mission to bridge people's souls back, but I just thought I would share anyway. I think and question a lot. And when I read that, I also read a lot about aliens, and I read a lot about, you know, people show me crop circles, and not as much now as in the beginning, because in the beginning, everything that we held on to that we couldn't prove, people wanted me to prove because I saw Christ. And I remember Christ telling me that for my protection, I will only know what I'm supposed to do, because otherwise someone will lock me in a room and pick my brain forever. And and what good would that do for us to have answers when the mystery of our existence is one of the most interesting things we think about? And it forces us to go through that veiling or try to challenge the veil to see past what we already know. Without that, there's no point of being here. So when I read this, at first I was like, ah, God didn't create earth. Well, then who did? When we start talking about things that we know nothing about, I don't care who the group is or the book is or or whatever it is that starts to make us question things we can't prove to a point where it might sway or skew our decision-making processes in our daily lives or take too much time, it starts to become where now we're questioning everything. Well, you know, what was I in a life before this life? What will I, all of that kind of stuff, I found to be interesting to a point, but yet if it's something I don't know the answer to and I can't prove it and it's something I never heard before until now in all this time, I ask myself this question, will it change or better my life at this point to put time and energy And something that I know for sure I don't know the answer to and may not in my entire lifetime. Because what we think about is when we start thinking about impossible things or things we can't answer, a lot of other things in life don't get answered because we already accepted that to take our time and our energy. And one of the most important things I learned from Christ was energy exchanges. Anything we exchange energy with, we will exchange energy with. So if we exchange energy with, and so when I hear questions like that, I say, you know what, that's very possible. How do I know? But at the same time, I I have to put it in its place. Because there's things Christ said to me that I thought were ridiculous when I first heard them because I couldn't make sense of it. When Christ said to me, sex is not physical, I said, 
sex is only physical. What are you talking about? And he said, sex is not physical. Now, because he can get an answer to that, or he, he gave me an answer to that and said, if sex were only physical, anyone would be able to have sex with anybody else. It wouldn't matter who. And then I got it. And I was like, hey, true. Because we are emotional beings. If we don't feel a connection, we've already tried the whole free love, free sex thing. And we've already tried all this stuff. And we found out we didn't do too well or we'd still be doing it. But we tried. So we know that that's not probably in most of our best interests because there just isn't enough time in the day to deal with that many people on that level. I know it sounds real practical, but it's true. It's one thing in fantasy. It's another thing in real life. So we get answers to that. And I say, okay, I get that now. Sex is not physical. That's something I can talk about because I understand it. This, I don't understand that. To me, we're here. I know I saw Christ, so I don't know who created this that created earth. I don't know who these things, I mean, to hear that, it just puts me in a world of like a swirling thought of I don't know. And that's where I I say, give it time enough to read it, think it through, and see if you can get an answer. Because one of the things Christ did teach me as well were things that we were taught in error. When we accept one really far out thing that doesn't completely make sense, that we don't have an answer to, we start to accept other things that don't have answers. And we go, well, that's just the way things are. When we were taught we were sinners and we're sinners, 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 and it got beat into our head. Bad we were. And we were born behind. And, and you know, we're going to burn in hell. Well, once we bought that, we allowed fear, doubt, and worry, control, and guilt, and anger to be okay. Because we already allowed one thing that wasn't true, that we were going to burn to death. Well, we would be already be dead. So if we're dead and we get burned after we're dead, how do we feel it? As a kid, I used to ask that question. So we have to be cure things that we can't really no way prove or learn or explain and let that be a forefront thought. It can be like, wow, that was some crazy theory or that was a great theory. There could be some legs to that. Whatever you decide on it, at the end of the day, who created Earth, the whole galaxy system, and the sun that shows up every day and does so much work just shining up there, whether this hit by clouds or not, whether we see it or not, that lights the entire Earth. Talk about a great lighting system. And how we spin around, that came from somewhere, and one day we will all see that. 
again because we already have seen it before we came here. And maybe at that time, we'll go, wow, God didn't create the earth. And we'll have an answer. Those kinds of questions didn't even come into play with Christ um, at all. So I don't know. The things he talks to me about are our complete system of emotionality, of our emotional wellness, of our motivations, of how we react, of his existence. I was listening to a woman called the Peculiar Daughter, and I think she has a different name now. And and Eric Hillis introduced her to the group, and I love watching her videos, love watching them. And this past January, she, um, I guess she had stopped recording videos and now she's talking again and she said something about, you know, they're not being a Christ or something like that. I just, when I, and, and it started going off into that area and it's, very true in her eyes and, and could be true and I, I don't you know have the awareness to see it but when I heard that pause and I'm like no I don't want to hear that because I knew that I did see Christ and set that knowing see when you know something it's not an unknown, like, is there a Christ out there? But I saw him, see him, not just saw him, see him. I had to say, okay, I know that that, I know that that part isn't true. Even though everything else she said makes complete sense to me. When I heard that, I had to, I had to step back and say, wait a minute, that, that's, actually not true at all and it it quieted me for a minute because you know what happens when you do that you start to question everything theory was that there was a downfall since there was Christianity because it divided people and yes I understand that every religion divided people Every religion told everybody else that they were better than people who weren't of that thought in that way and did those things to get to God. But when I heard that, I stepped back because now I knew I was going somewhere that I couldn't, I couldn't validate because I've been validated in that way. So beings were and different planets and all of that. It's kind of an exciting mental exercise, but don't accept it as, well, I don't know that, but that's what I'm going to think about all the time because it's going to make you accept so many other things you don't know. And it gives you focus on that as opposed to growing in another direction. I've I've learned a lot about what to allow in your head. Can sometimes we have these weird random thoughts and 
they they take away from us, you know, they try to make us tired or, or whatever ego, you know, tries to come in and do. And sometimes I catch it, sometimes it slips through and then I catch it on step two, three or 10, whatever it is. And, and then I'm like, God, I'm glad I caught you. Oh, you almost took me down this road. And now what I do is in the beginning, when I have a thought, I ask myself, was that mine? I only want my thoughts. I don't want weird stuff coming in that's going to tell me that I can't do something or that I shouldn't trust myself or that I shouldn't like myself or I shouldn't care about myself or whatever that is because it all starts there. And when we accept those clouding our world and everything we see, well, everybody else is. I never this never happens for me. I've never done that. I can't go there. I don't travel. I'm not that person. I don't wear those clothes. I don't get to live in that house. I don't get to buy that car. I don't get to be okay. And when you live in that, you will do very well in being that. And because I know different now, because I know that if you are just aware that having those thoughts take away from you, having those thoughts take away from you, then you don't have to have those thoughts ever again. You can push them away. You can kick them out. You can tell them to go away. You could tell them they're not yours. And tell them they don't have permission to be in your head. Going back to Christ saying, we were taught in error. Taught, plural, in error. By being taught that we're never going to be enough no matter what we do. And that we have to keep repenting. We have to keep asking for forgiveness. And we sometimes don't even know what we did. Oh, you did that, that you need to ask for. Oh, you did that, and, and before you know it, you're henpecking yourself. And then you start doing it to other people. But we live in a time where we are learning, at least with right now those who know, we are reaching those who don't, and they will reach the rest of them. That we don't need to micromanage anyone's life. Micromanaging our own is good enough. Being our own policeman is good enough. Being the people that we need to be for ourselves is good enough. Because then all the other stuff finds its place in the file of our life, of our body of work. It becomes easy to say, all right, you know what? That could be true. But how much of that actually matters to life now? And one of the ways, another way I look at it is with my parents. My parents came to America. They literally lived the American dream. My dad worked three jobs. My mom worked two and four jobs for my dad with the door-to-door salesman thing. And they focused on raising their family. 
they didn't get caught up in who was doing what in political world or who was doing that. They made it through life without taking on all the angst of the world. I don't even think they knew they did that. But when they both passed right in the beginning of the technological age, I'm like, I can't even imagine my parents in the technological age. They both just took off right when that all showed up and they left us. They lived such a happy life because they actually knew what they wanted to do with their lives. And that was to raise us and have their family. And when we grew up, they didn't know who they were because they focused so hard on that. But it also told them what not to let come in and be a part of who they were. Very interesting thoughts. But I'll leave you with that for this weekend. I will see you Monday. We're going to do two shows next week about the seeds of ego. I can't wait. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye. You have been listening to today's Daily Dose of the Nadia Khalil Morning Show. To learn more, visit www.nadiakhalil.com.